Thanks for listening to the Mornings with Carmen LaBerge podcast, made available thanks to support from listeners just like you. Helping you wake up, remembering this is our Father's world. This is Mornings with Carmen LaBerge on Faith Radio. If we're gonna fly, we fly like eagles. Hello, my friend. All right, there's just sometimes I read a headline and like the Bible jumps off the page. I, you know, that's not what that's not what the author of the secular news article intends. But you know, that's how um, how it works when you have developed the mind of Christ on the matters of the day. When you know what Scripture has to say, what God has revealed, then you see evidence of it and allusions to it all over the place, all the time. So uh, when you read that the mayor of New York City has removed sanctuary city status, um, saying there's no more room in the city, uh, blaming everyone but himself, anyway, you, you, you should immediately, your brain should immediately leap to the cities of refuge that were a part of what God um, offered in the promised land. Among the 12 tribes of Israel, the tribe of the Levites um, wasn't given land to develop. Instead, they were to be priests of the Lord and overseers of the tabernacle. Um, and, uh, and they didn't have any territorial domain allocated to them like other tribes did. But there were these sanctuary cities. Um, and those sanctuary cities in the Bible prefigure Christ. They give us a glimpse of Christ. Sinners flee to Christ to find refuge for our souls. Um, just as a person in the days of Israel could seek refuge in the cities that were set up for that purpose, like we flee to Christ for refuge, Hebrews six eighteen. So have you run to have you run to Christ as your sanctuary? Are you are you finding your life in Him? Um, New York no longer a sanctuary city. No shocking surprise there. Uh, never really was. Um, so you have the opportunity to like speak into that today. Not, not as a naysayer uh, of the things of New York, but as a yay-sayer of the things of Scripture. Another um, headline that leapt off the page to me, and I was like, that's, that's the Bible coming to life. So Jesus tells this parable in Matthew 13. It's very brief. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When the man found it, he hid it again, and uh, then in his joy went and sold all he had and bought that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he finds one of great value, he sells everything he has in order to buy it. So um, there's a farmer in Kentucky who just discovered literal buried treasure uh, in his field. So he's out cultivating his field, as farmers do, and he literally struck gold. He uncovered um, more than 700 Civil War era gold and silver coins. They date back to... Uh, 1840 to 1863, and um, gold dollar coins made up 95% of, um, of, of what was in, uh, yeah, in the find. So um, it's interesting, I mean, one interesting thing about these coins, they don't include the imprint in God We Trust, because that's not added uh, to you know, American currency until later in our nation's history. But um, literal, literal treasure 
found in the field. So you ought to be able to talk about the parable uh, that Jesus tells about the kingdom of heaven and being like a treasure you discover in your field. Um, winning the lottery might uh, might be uh, likened as well. That person who bought a billion do- bought a ticket that has now won them a billion dollars. That's still not as good. Would you trade that? Would you trade that for the kingdom of heaven? If I could tell you right now, that ticket could be yours. That winning ticket could be yours. All you'd have to do is renounce Christ. Would you take it? Would you take that deal? Yeah, I wouldn't take that deal. I totally 100% would not take that deal. You have a greater treasure in Christ than all the treasures of the earth. All right, and then one quick um, just positive shout out here. Um, Actor Matthew McConaughey and his wife, have started something called the Green Lights Grant Initiative. It was just launched yesterday. So you'll remember that Uvalde, Texas is Matthew McConaughey's hometown. And he went there immediately upon the news of, um, of the massacre at the, at the school in Uvalde. He's now on a mission to help make schools um, safer through something called Green Lights Grant Initiative. Now, here's the deal. The Green Light Grants Initiative isn't actually where the grants are coming from. Um, the the bipartisan effort in Congress to pass the Safer Communities Act actually set aside billions of dollars to make schools safer between now and 2026. But how do schools access that funding? Well, you actually like have to have money to get a grant writer. You have to know how to work the system. You have to know how to engage the process. So the Green Lights Grant Initiative is one that any school in the country can utilize in order to engage the process that actually would connect you and your school, um, the needs of you and your school, to the money that is now available through the Safer Communities Act. So check out the Green Lights Grant Initiative. Help your local school get connected, um, get connected to those resources. All right, next up, Adam Holtz. We're going to talk about, um, well, we're going to start by talking about what God's doing with the chosen and what God's doing with the sound of freedom. All that up next here on Mornings with Carmen. All right, this is going to be a test in how fast we can talk. Adam Holtz, welcome back. Hello, Carmen. How are you? I'm, I am well. I am well. Okay, so there's a writer's strike. The writer's strike might actually be good for families. That's what, uh, that's what I'm learning from a blog at PluggedIn.com. Yeah, you know, the writer's strike and the actor's strike, the, you know, typically when these things happen, you can think of it as a disruption in the supply chain of movies and TV. And so six months to a year down the road, um, because, you know, things are in production far before they show up on our screens, uh, we are going to see fewer options. There are going to be fewer things in theaters. and There are going to be fewer things on TV. Uh, and hardcore entertainment fans may lament that. But what Paul is talking about in his blog, Paul Asia, in his blog on this subject at PluggedIn.com is that, you know what? maybe let's go back and find some older stuff. Maybe let's revisit some classics. Uh, Maybe we gas dust off the DVD player. And, uh, you know, a lot of us have a whole closet full of DVDs and we've gotten out of practice and actually using them. But, um, you know, that's one of the arguments for streaming services. Well, I can watch whatever I want whenever I want. And it's like, well, a lot of the movies we love, we already have. So I think Paul makes a great argument here that, this could be an opportunity to uh, to revisit some older and oftentimes more wholesome content. 
All right. Um, a fitted panic, a, a, a near panic arises when people imagine that, well, the chosen might then not get to continue production of season four. But give us the good news this morning. Well, the good news is that the um, the people who are striking, the Writers Guild and the Actors Guild, have they're able to grant exceptions, apparently, to the strike uh, in general. And The Chosen has been granted an exception to keep filming. And I will also say that uh, you might not think of it, but the strike affects... Uh, focus on the family's production of Adventures in Odyssey because what? we use voice act. Well, we use voice actors in Hollywood, um, and so mm. all of most of those voice actors are part of the you know the Actors Guild, Screen Actors Guild, uh, which again, there are collateral things you may not think about, but it too has been granted an exemption. I don't know who's granting the exemptions, and I don't know what the criteria is, but. There seems to be a recognition that religious and faith-oriented content somehow is in a different category, and they are reluctant to disrupt that. So um, that's really interesting to me. All I know is that they've been granted the exception. I actually haven't seen a written uh, rationale for why you know you're off the hook here, but um, that is the case. So we don't have to worry about the chosen or adventures in Odyssey being disrupted. Okay, I have a paragraph to read to you. 45 truly independent productions have now been granted strike exemptions under the interim Uh agreement, which allows members of the Screen Actors Guild, American Federation of Television and Radio Artists to continue shooting and appear in certain productions without violating the terms of the strike. Uh, And Matthew McConaughey, who we just mentioned uh, a few minutes ago, is is one of those. But I mean, there's a ton of them. Like, okay, uh, yeah, apparently like Death of a Unicorn. Flight Risk, yes. Dust Bunny, uh, The Killer's <laughs> Game, um, The Watchers, The Yellow Tie, Queen of the Ring. I mean, it's a pretty long list. And then, yes, down okay. here at the end, The Chosen. It's not going to well, surprise you, you that they waited, you know, to to tell us to the end of this at, at entertainment. <laughs> All right. Um, yep. So, yeah, let's um, let's also give give some give a shout out here and some good news related to Sound of Freedom. Yeah, Sound of Freedom continues to overperform really epically, and I think that's because Angel Studios has done a great job promoting it. But I also think it shows that Christian and conservative audiences are underserved. We want stories that resonate with us, and I think Angel Studios' pay-it-forward model where you can buy a ticket for someone else really seems to be resonating in a powerful way. And the mainstream press continues to be somewhat sneering and mocking and disbelieving that this thing has done so well on Wednesday, it was the number one movie. It actually outperformed the latest mission impossible movie. So um, it continues to do very well this weekend. Obviously we'll have Oppenheimer and Barbie, which we'll touch on, I think in a minute. So it probably won't be number one this weekend, but uh, I don't think anybody in their wildest imaginings think thought that this movie would top a hundred million dollars, which is, truly blockbuster territory. Yeah, and it was uh, previewed on the lawn at Bedminster by the former president of the United States and uh, a number of his invited guests this week as well. So yeah, a lot going on with the sound of freedom, and we want to continue to fan fan the flame. Uh, We will return to our conversation here with Adam Holtz in just a moment. I'm pretty sure he's going to tell us that we can skip the Barbie movie 
But let's find out about Oppenheimer and his views on that. That's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen. As you know, this is a rebroadcast of the live radio show carried on the Faith Radio Network. There's a lot going on at Faith Radio. Tons of free resources just waiting for you and for you to share with others at MyFaithRadio.com. How does that all happen? Well, it happens through listener support. So Faith Radio, Mornings with Carmen, all available because of listener support from listeners, well, just like you. If you're a supporter, thank you so very much. If you'd like to become a supporter today, just visit MyFaithRadio.com. And again, thanks for being a part of what we do every day at Mornings with Carmen. Apparently, Barbie is having an existential crisis, and she is everything, and Ken is nothing. That might tell you all you need to know about the Barbie movie. Um, so let's just, can we just pan it and give it a thumbs down and move on to Oppenheimer? Um, we can. I will only say slightly that this thing is going to do massive business. Um, they're talking it may do as much as $150 million this weekend. Um and a lot of people are going to see it. What we need to know is that in the process of trying to make a redemptively feminist statement that women have sometimes been treated badly by men, it demeans men horribly. This movie made me angrier than anything I've seen in probably 20 years in what it says mm-hmm. about men. So uh, that's what you need to know. Yeah, not a kid's movie. Not not a no, kid's movie. absolutely not, not a, a kid's, kid's movie. movie. Nope. Um, all right. Oppenheimer, maybe also not a kid's movie since, you know, there's a whole <laughs> atomic bomb situation. Well, there's another situation, too. This tells the story of J. Robert Oppenheimer, who, of course, is remembered as the father of the atomic bomb. And uh, this is an R-rated movie, which um, Christopher Nolan has done three of those previously. But this is the first one he's done that has very explicit sex scenes in it. So you mm-hmm. may not expect in a historical movie to be confronted with two or three and i say two or three because one of the scenes actually blurs into a it sort of runs into another scene so we'll call it three scenes with extended uh explicit sexual content and female nudity uh and sort of male nudity but mostly female as these things often go and uh that will be an unpleasant surprise if you weren't expecting it and frankly This is not the kind of movie that you would expect those things to show up in. Uh, And so that's the biggest content issue here. There's there's a fair bit of language, too. Uh, I will say the movie at three hours is um, it's incredibly well made. I was really disappointed by the sex scenes because they felt truly gratuitous. They don't add anything to the story, which is to suggest that sometimes sex scenes do add something to the story. And that's probably not accurate either. Uh, Totally unnecessary. Oppenheimer's a fascinating moral character. He's a womanizer. He's deeply flawed, but he's also Jewish. And part of his motivation for pursuing the atomic bomb uh, is to stop Hitler, because we we may forget that Germany was working on a bomb, too, uh, in the even before World War Two started. So fascinating historical movie huge disappointment content wise Mm. all right um how about theater camp (laughs) theater (laughs) camp is a movie because everybody wants to go to theater camp right well everybody wants to go to theater camp 
And, you know, this is a movie about kids going to theater camp. And unfortunately, uh, it is a movie that also deals with some LGBTQ issues in ways that I suspect most parents are going to say, yeah, no, full stop on that. Um, and, and there are, I think it's safe to say we could say there are there are stereotypes about theater kids sometimes being more in that neck of the woods. Um, we hear lots of tropes and stereotypes about people being gay in the theater industry, but this is a story that that kind of leans into that a little bit, um, and I think it's another one that we can skip. Mm. All right. So, um, can you? I don't know. Brief us in, help us understand the Jason Aldean uh, situation over his song, Try That in a Small Town. I know it's a really complex story. I'm hoping you can brief us in on it. Well, it both is and isn't. Like, I think that Jason Aldean expresses this sentiment that if you tried to have a riot as we've seen in some larger cities and he's referring to the riots in 2020 after george floyd's death that people in small towns have a sense of solidarity and have a sense of moral rectitude i guess and they and he basically says yeah that wouldn't work that's the essence of what it Mm. says um he said you know the chorus says um around here we take care of our own you cross that line it won't take long for you to find out i recommend you don't try that in a small town and so there are a lot of layers to unpack here i think there is an idealization of small town america as a place that is somehow morally different than than cities and having grown up in a town of 7,000 people in Iowa I get the idealization I would also say that just as much as people have your back sometimes you feel like everybody knows your your business too and uh, I, I would push back there's a romanticizing of small town life here the bigger issue that people are complaining about are not that they're complaining about the fact that that Aldean somehow is normalizing the idea that violence is acceptable, which is ironic because he's actually pushing back against the idea that violence is acceptable. And so it it leads into a big debate about, well, who gets to be violent when and where? And a sub portion of this debate is that he filmed a video on a site in the South where there was uh, famously a lynching and somebody died and people are saying, the entire video is is inherently racist it has been banned uh and another you know commenter pointed out on so can twitter I, can i can yeah, i point jump out in. something Sorry. though so the yep. murray county i mean i live i live here so like right the, okay. the, the murray county courthouse um uh it's like it's like the the oh. place where tons of stuff is filmed hannah montana so was a, filmed it's there. a it's a landmark I, of sorts it's a well and it's um it's frequently used as the backdrop um, in in all kinds of scenes. I mean, if you were to actually like, I, I mean, I th- there was like a Lifetime movie filmed there, Stepping Into the Holiday. Um, I okay. mean, again, Hannah Montana. I mean, like, there's just all kinds. It's really, really a popular filming location in Nashville. Yep. No, so I mean, no, my guess nowhere is they, have I my ever guess heard is they before, didn't even yeah. know that. Correct. <laughs> that no, absolutely. Like, they certainly didn't oh, choose man. it because of that. Right. 
Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. Um, I, I think that there is a conversation to be had about what is the response to violence in our culture. Mm. Um, I think that I understand and to some extent am sympathetic to what Aldine is trying to say, but I also understand people saying, you know, you, you may be contributing to the problem as well as trying to solve it. And I think that's a legitimate criticism here. So, mm -hmm. you know, I think that when, when we get on social media, Carmen, as much as our country says, you know, we don't like having a binary, so many things are this binary. They're a false dichotomy. It's like, well, you either have to be this or you're this. And we need to take a step back and say, well, what if there's truth on both sides? What if Aldine mm -hmm. is saying something that has a kernel of truth that's important, but what if he is perhaps unintentionally reinforcing the very thing that he's trying to critique? Like, I think both of those things can be true simultaneously. And unfortunately, on social media, we just get an echo chamber that reinforces one side versus the other. And, and I think that's where we need to take maybe even a bigger step back and say, how are we interacting with this news? And is it reinforcing these sort of inflamed binaries in our own lives that that maybe aren't even accurate Carmen mm -hmm. yeah I think uh let's um let's be people who are wise and winsome like let's be able to read the times in which we live let's uh let's consider what we put out there about ourselves and um and, re and remember that we are representing Christ everywhere and always all the time and so um, a part of this conversation is, you know, listening to the concerns of other people and then bringing bringing wisdom to bear in terms of like, you know, <clears throat> there's there's time and place and maybe this isn't the time and place. But um, in the meantime, Jason Aldean's making a lot of money uh, off the song. <laughs> so, hey, we got to uh, we got to take a break for Breakpoint. Um, Adam, thank you, as always, for being here. You bet, Carmen. All right. That's uh, Focus on the Family's Plugged In Chief. Yeah, he's the chief, Adam Holtz. Next, we got John Stone Street with Breakpoint. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. Sometimes you guys uh, share things with me on the text line or via email, and then I'm like super convicted that, you know, you're out there doing you're doing all the good. Um, you're being the people of God. You're keeping divine appointments that God has set. You're experiencing miracles. And sometimes it's just uh, fun to um, get to talk about that on air. So regular listener, Pastor Gail Crocked um, from Michigan, um, yeah, regularly listens to, uh, to Mornings with Carmen here with us uh, day in and day out doing kingdom advancing work. Um, and I just, yeah, I, I want you to meet him. I want you to get to know him. So he does have a book, God Moments, Amazing Encounters with the Divine in Everyday Life. Um, and we're going to talk some about that. We're also going to talk a little bit about spiritual care and what spiritual care looks like for one another in the world today. Um, so stay tuned because, uh, brother in Christ and fellow mornings with Carmen Junkie is joining us next. Pastor Gail Crocked will be here with God Moments. All right, I need about like 
10 hours to unpack all of the conversations I want to have with Pastor Gail Crockt. He is uh, the Executive Director of Spiritual Care Consultants of West Michigan. Uh, you can check that out at spiritualcareconsultants.com. He's joining us today, um, well, to talk mostly about God moments, amazing encounters with the divine in everyday life. I feel like this might just be the first of many conversations. Pastor Gail, uh, welcome to Mornings with Carmen. Well, Carmen, really glad to be on your show. It's an exciting time to be alive, isn't it? Amen. I wouldn't want to be alive at any other time since this is the time God has ordained that I live. Well, you know, it's kind of uh, funny. The Bible says that uh, he plans the places and spaces that we will live on the earth. So, um, yeah, this is a great time uh, to tell people about the Lord and to see him do amazing things. So I want to talk about um, the, some of the amazing things that you've seen the Lord do and some of the amazing things you share in your book, God Moments. Um, I think we maybe just start with um, the expectation that we, we should be living with this expectation that we are going to have these opportunities every single day to represent God um, in our relationships with others. Oh, absolutely. I think we need to live with the expectation that God wants to use every one of us, that God moments are not just for the preacher, the teacher, the evangelist, the pastor, but God moments are for the average ordinary person, because that's what I feel like I am. You know, I grew up in a, I say I grew up in a cornfield in Diamond Springs, Michigan. No one will know where that is. And uh, the only thing in our town was a reduced speed sign. And there was nothing after that except the church. So uh, I really feel like if God can use me, he can use the average listener. Any listener that's listening this morning, he wants to use you in ways you can't even imagine. But you got to step out of your comfort zone into the God zone. And into this awareness that there is uh, there is an unseen reality that we live mm. in the midst of all the time. Talk about... Um, Talk about how it is that you came to, like, see the unseen. Well, you know, it really started when I was a child. It really started when I was young. God invaded my life supernaturally at age 12. There's a chapter in the book called God, Angels, and Demons. That period of my life scared me half to death for about three years. But later on, I asked the Lord why he allowed me to experience it. And he just simply said, well... Later on, when you meet people that are going through hard times, seeing things, hearing things, you won't think they're crazy, will you? And I said, no. And I've always been one, even as a child, uh, I've wanted to see God do amazing things. I wanted to see the God I read about in the book of Acts. When they would go out, the average person, they would go out and do amazing things. And the church would grow daily. I mean, it was growing daily, and it surely wasn't from all the apostles and pastors. It was from the people going out and operating in the power of the Holy Spirit in their everyday life, just seeing God do amazing things. So what I've learned, what I learned to do since I was a kid, when I felt that inner voice, that small, quiet impression that I should do something, as long as it wasn't too crazy, um, I would just step out and uh, do it and just see what God would do. And he all of a sudden I realized God began showing up when I began doing that. And I began to be able to be privileged to see 
uh, many God do many amazing things. And that's why the book, I wasn't going to write it at first. I said, God, I don't want to write it. I got to tell those stories in first person. And the Lord said, well, those are not your stories. Those are my stories. And he goes, I want my stories told that people would believe that I am real, that they would come to faith in me, the Lord said. And I go, wow. I go, you're right, Lord. They are your stories. And so I just decided September 24 of last year, I was going to write those stories down. I said, Lord, what stories do you want? And my prayer was that when people would open the book, that they would just get touched by the presence of Jesus, almost like Paul in Acts 19 with the aprons, that when you're holding the very book in your hand, there would be an impartation that would actually wind up changing. And one of my board members goes, you ruined it for me, Gail. And I go, well, what are you talking about? She said, I went to Walmart the other day and oh my God, God moments all over. She said, people were hobbling all over. She said, she said she had to walk through Walmart praying for all the people, just having prayer for all the people that she was in contact with. And so I think we miss Carmen the moments because we're not sensitive, that we're not listening, that we're not, we get an impression and we say, oh, that can't be God. Well, I'm going to tell you something. Satan isn't going to tell you to go over and pray with someone. God will yeah. tell you to go and pray with someone, right? Mm-hmm, absolutely. Yeah, so, so my, sister, my sister Jessica calls this, you know, BOLO, be on the lookout. Um, that's what you're I'm advocating. Like, yeah, like we got to be, we literally need to be on the lookout all the time, everywhere, in every moment for for the, the, the opportunity that God is putting right in front of us, um, mm-hmm. where our life comes into intersection with a person who needs God. They need prayer. They need spiritual intervention. Um, we do not think of ourselves in that way in our very, very isolated individualistic culture. But God sent us as his ambassadors and it's all his business. Every single person is his business. So help us, Gail, get over the um, get over the hump of um, uh, what, what I guess maybe it's pride that keeps us from humbling ourselves in such a way that we would ask another person in a public place if they need prayer. Because that's what you do. That's basically what you do. You you see people and you know that they need God and his healing intervention and his grace and his peace. And that's what you ask them. Like, do you need prayer? Well, here's the thing. The Bible says we're fools for Christ, right? We got to be willing to be a fool. We got to be willing to look, to look, well, we're afraid of what we're going to look like if we step out and somebody says no, or, or they say, no, I don't want no prayer. And really we're dealing with fear. We're dealing with the what ifs. We're dealing with fear. But if we we've got to take the risk, we got to, we got to get over the fact that how we look doesn't matter, but how Jesus looks really matters. So I was in Horrocks minding my own business. This is a store in Battle Creek, Michigan, and it's kind of like owned by an Hispanic family, and they have a lot of amazing. Uh, fruits, vegetables, meats. But in the back of the store, they have a place where people can sing the guitar, sing with their guitar. And 
do different things and entertain what people are drinking their wine. I don't drink wine, but people are drinking their wine and having their beer. So I was sitting in Horrocks, sitting there with my root beer, may I add, and the young lady was playing the guitar, and all of a sudden the Lord began to speak to me about her. So when she got done with playing her her set of music, I walked up and um, I said, "Hey, my name is Pastor Gail. I, I, my name is I didn't even introduce myself as a pastor. I said, I know you don't know me, but uh, I really want to ask: Is there anything you need prayer for?" She said, "Yes, my my face needs. I got an area of my face that needs healing, and I really need prayer for that." I said, "Well, can we pray now?" And she goes, "Yeah." And I said, "No, put your hands. Just touch the area of your face." I'll touch your elbow because I'm not going to lay hands on her in, in Horox. They're not, they're not going to think of that. I began to pray and immediately the healing of the Lord began to release into her face. And then I shared with her what I saw the Lord show me about her life when she was a child. Mm. And she began to weep. And she said, out of all my years of playing music all over, no one has ever come up to me and talked to me about Jesus. Well, she wound up rededicating her life to the Lord right there. Hmm. And and then and then I'm sitting in Horrocks and I'm just minding my own business looking out into the into the store and I see this lady hobbling with a walker. And the Lord said, there's your opportunity. I said, he goes, you're going to take it? So I got up and I said to her, ma'am, I know you don't know me, but are you in a lot of pain? She goes, oh man, I'm in a lot of pain. I said, can I pray for you? And she goes, please. So I began to pray and God began to release the pain out of her body. And then she goes, oh, I need to use the bathroom. Can you help me find that? So I helped her find the bathroom. But these opportunities are all around us. And that's what I marvel at. And we, since the pandemic, everyone, everybody wanted to kind of be all by themselves, shut away. And I went on four mission trips during the pandemic. I didn't, Amen. we didn't stop. I didn't, yeah. God didn't Amen. tell Paul stop when things are rough. He said, get out there and go heal the sick, pray for people. And so, um, yeah, so these opportunities, I think the big thing is fear, fear. Yeah. So we're going to, we're going to take a, of, you, you know, the rhythm of the show. So I know you don't feel interrupted when I say we got to no, take a no, very, absolutely. very brief, uh, brief pause in our conversation with Pastor Gail Crockett. K R A G T, if you're looking for him online. The book is God Moments Amazing Encounters with the Divine in Everyday Life. You can also find him at spiritualcareconsultants.com. We're going to talk more about what's happening with uh, spiritual care, health and wellness, spiritual care for not only people in the healthcare industry and business, but also in public schools in their region. Um, God is up to good work and he's doing it through his people. If you're wondering why you can't see it, why you can't see what God is doing in real time around you, we're also going to talk about how we become more attuned to the reality of the unseen realm. How big is the angel standing behind you? Mine is really big. Gail's is really big too. In fact, uh, he's got more than one. We're going to talk about that next here on Mornings with Carmen. Did you know that whatever you're experiencing today, whatever you're going through, the suffering, the challenges, the questions you have, God has something to say to you about all of it. We have an ongoing Reading Through the Bible Together series at MyFaithRadio.com, and we're exploring what God says about suffering, truth, and godliness. We're reading the book of 2 Timothy together. Did you know that God has given not a spirit of fear, 
but that God has given you a spirit of power and love and a sound mind? I mean, how cool is that? It's in 2 Timothy that God's Word says of itself, all Scripture is God-breathed and useful for teaching, reproof, correction, and training in righteousness, that every person um, might be complete and equipped for every good work. So I'm wondering, would you join us in reading the Bible together at MyFaithRadio.com that you might be equipped through God's Word for the good works that He's prepared in advance just for you? And that you might discover that God is with you right now in whatever you're experiencing, the suffering, the challenges, the questions. God's got something to say about all of it. Join us at MyFaithRadio.com in reading the Bible together. God is real, and God is good, and God is present, and God is active, and God has a plan, and God has instruments of his will, and you are one of them. So how do we intentionally put ourselves in God's hands for his use today um, that he might bring his power to bear in this world that he so loves? Um, So we're talking with Pastor Gail Crocked. Uh, He is the author of God Moments, Amazing Encounters with the Divine in Everyday Life. Gail, part of reading, uh, part of what happened to me as I was reading your book is that I wrote down like experiences that I have had that I had forgotten about, that I had not, I had not written down at the time, you know, and, and said to God, you know, thank you so much for showing up in this particular way, in this particular place, on this particular day. And so I don't have, like, dates and times, um, but it, you brought to mind so many God moments, so many divine appointments, and so many genuinely miraculous things that I had, I have, I've kind of pushed aside because, you know what, talking about the miraculous and talking about the way that God invades real time you know, it's not, it's just not the way the world is talking about things. And so it makes people very uncomfortable. Well, people need to be uncomfortable. I like that. It's time to get out of your comfort zone and into the God zone. Come on. God's still real. I mean, um, I know we're not talking about this all on the show right now, but this is one of the reasons I like to go to the mission field like I do twice a year and minister in the mountains is watch Jesus heal the sick and set people free in the mountains. Well, he's doing that in America, too. You're just not hearing all those positive stories while we're hearing them today. And so, um, you know, we just got to be willing. I, I had another God moment uh, yesterday. I was in Lansing, Michigan, and doing a Jericho march around the Capitol, and I saw these uh, group of people from India, there was about five of them crossing the street. And they go, hey, you guys better hurry. It's just Lansing, you know, and they were laughing at me. So I walked right up in the middle of their group and I, be- I introduced myself, began talking. I, t- I asked them if they like to read. They said they do. I said, I have a book. They said, what's it about? I said, well, it's a stories about my life. And one of the guys in the group said, well, tell me a story. Tell us a story. And I'm standing in the street surrounded by them. I said, well, what story do you want? And I said, do you want the drug dealer and the preacher, or do you want the three hip angels? And he goes, and I said, well, well, let me tell you the story of the three hip angels. And they stood there fastened on me. And when it got to the point where Jesus healed this girl, they went, wow. And I said, if you want to know more, read the book. And I handed them a green card with a QRL code on the back, and I gave it to them. 
because the book's a tremendous evangelism tool, but they sat right there and they listened the whole time. And here's what the Lord said too. If you don't write your stories down, someday you're going to die and they will die with you. Mm. But if you write your story down, you can pass them down to the generations that are to come. And that's why I did my heart's cry, uh, Psalm 71, verses 14 through 18. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but the gist of it is, is to let people know in the generations to come that Jesus is real. He is real. He is alive. He's risen. And he wants to touch people's lives today. That's why, Carmen, I really believe we have to write the stories down. Yeah, and I want to thank you for writing these stories down. I do think um, let's let's as briefly as you can, and I know there's not a lot of time um, to do this, but tell tell the story of you know like the angels that are walking around with you because I think it's like a legitimate question to ask, like how big's your angel? I I when re- when I was reading this, Gail, like I was reminded of the times in my life that people in various times and circumstances have come up to me and described what they see who they see standing behind or with me. And I have in most uh, on most of those occasions, I've kind of brushed it off. But I'm here to tell you, I actually know what my angel looks like because other people have described him to me. And so you, you've reminded me of that. And so I want to thank you for that. And I guess, you know, I've probably never expressed that out loud in public before, um, and so thank you for encouraging me, giving me the courage to say, um, I actually know what my angel looks like and how big he is. Do you know what yours looks like? And so can you describe your angels? Um, actually, there's more than one. I don't focus a lot on angels because I want people's focus to be on Jesus. But, uh, well, I did. Uh, I worked over a thousand hours helping people to get out of Satanism. And during this time, I was helping this lady who I won't mention because she was on the Satanic World Council and she had gotten saved. And uh, she told me she hated hospitals, but I was helping her through some healing work. Well, she came one day into the hospital to see me and she came into the chaplain's office and I said, I'll call her Jan. I want to keep her name private. But I said, if you hate hospitals so much, I said, why are you here to visit me? And she said, well, you don't know, do you? And I said, what is it that I don't know? She said, well, you have an entourage of angels with you. So when I come in and I meet with you, I feel real safe. She said, they're all different colors. They got robes on. She was describing them. And then she said, you have this one that stands by you. And I said, well, what does he look like? She said, well, he's three stories tall. He's got armored, his sword is, is as tall as the first floor. He's got armored boots and gloves with a red cape with a shield on his back. She went into this description and she said, when you are in a room talking, he sticks his sword in the door and stands there while you're in the rooms. Well, all right. One person tell me that maybe they got a mental issue. I don't know. I need a confirmation. Well, one day I was called to the third floor to visit another lady dying of cancer. And the nurse said, Chaplain, we think you'll like this lady. She said, uh, she's 
seeing angels and we thought you'd like to go in and talk with her. So I said, yeah, I'd love to go in. And I walk in the room and the lady looks at me and she goes, wow, he's big. And she went on to describe the angel in back of me. She goes, I want him. I said, why do you want him? You got a whole room full of your own. And so we, we just commenced to having a conversation. The presence of the Lord was there. The angels were there. And I can tell now when they're near me, I, I've only seen them once when I was like 12, when they scared me half to death when they came in the physical realm. But I can tell when they're with me by how my, I can just feel the presence. And when I do, I say, Lord, why am I all of a sudden mm-hmm. having an increase of your presence? I love it. What do you hey, Gail, we got to we got to leave it right there. Will you come back and we can talk about um, spiritual care consultants? Yeah, I'd love to come okay. back. Great. I love that. All right. Um, Gail Crocked, he's a brother in Christ. He's uh, he's we're together every morning. All right. We got to leave it right there. Have a great weekend. God bless. You can grab the podcast later. Thanks for listening to Mornings with Carmen LaBerge. Podcasts like this are available because of your support. If it's important to you to hear things that encourage your faith, Click the link in the show notes to give now. And thanks.